0: Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analysing and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world.
1: A panoramic view is spread out before you. There's a blue shimmering lake in the middle of the vista, lush green hills rolling away into the distance and a small white cottage blowing chimney smoke off to the side. In the air are the sounds of birdsong and children playing by the water's edge. You raise your camera up to your eye and decide to take a few shots. According to your male gaze, the world looks in perfect order. Everything is in its correct proportion. But, but wait, there's something else. You watch as some dark storm clouds slowly push in from the east. Something starts to nibble away at the edges of your consciousness. You listen carefully. There's an ever so faint voice on the wind, and it sends a shiver down your spine. You take off your perfect sunglasses from your all-too-perfect face and just make out something shimmering in the middle of the lake, just beneath the surface. What is it? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Welcome to the Lip Poetry Podcast Season 2. In today's episode, we'll be taking a look at the famous poem This is a Photograph of Me by Margaret Atwood. This is a poem that closely explores the drowned voices of women lying submerged beneath society's male-dominated gaze. So let's open the pages of the photo album and take a look inside. The images and stories waiting within might just shock you. This poem is read to you by the incredible Lucy Freeman.
0: This is a photograph of me by Margaret Atwood. It was taken some time ago. At first, it seems to be a smeared print, blurred lines and gray flecks blended with the paper. Then, as you scan it, you see in the left-hand corner, a thing that is like a branch, part of a tree, balsam or spruce, emerging and, to the right, halfway up, what ought to be a gentle slope, a small frame house. In the background, there is a lake, and beyond that, some low hills. The photograph was taken the day after I drowned. I am in the lake, in the center of the picture, just under the surface. It is difficult to say where precisely or to say how large or small I am. The effect of water on light is a distortion. But if you look long enough, eventually you will be able to see me.
1: So I want to start today's podcast by talking a little bit about the historical context. Born in Canada's capital of Ottawa, Ontario, in November 1939, Mark Atwood grew up as a teenager and a young woman in a largely conservative post-war II period of the 1950s. Fueled by the rise of middle-class affluence and the desire for stability and security, People of that era tended to model their lives on traditional family values. Before the counter-cultural revolution of the 1960s gained traction, society was largely a place in which men were expected to be the breadwinning head of the household, while their wives' responsibilities were typically restricted to the domestic sphere. In addition to this, the 1950s witnessed significant growth in men's wages, making it possible for men to support their families on a single income. Throughout the 1950s, there was a social stigma attached to women who chose to join the workforce. Women who did were often considered as being negligent of their female duties in a male-dominated world. Despite this dominant conservative and restrictive culture, during the 1960s, women did start to gain employment at increasing rates, in large part due to oral contraceptives the pill which started to free women on the home front by giving them the ability to plan their lives and prevent accidental pregnancies. Furthermore, the 1960s saw profound political movements in society and individuals emerge who were calling for women's liberation. As a consequence, many women were radicalised throughout this period on the issue of gender equality. Atwood herself was deeply influenced by this society-wide radicalisation and her work reflects many of the feminist hopes, criticisms, and concerns of this period. The poem, This is a Photograph of Me, was the opening poem in Atwood's first major published collection of poetry, The Circle Game. Hitting the bookshelves in 1964, Atwood's collection is part of a larger body of feminist literature of the period, which helped to promote the emerging women's movement of the time, known today as Second Wave Feminism. This collection of voices, of which Atwood was a part, rallied against the societal expectations of the time that demanded women find their fulfilment in and through marriage, childbearing, housework and sexual submission. As a part of this proud historical movement, this is a photograph of me questions mainstream history's inclination to bury the voices of marginalised groups such as women under the dominant male gaze. Atwood's work stands alongside other contemporary feminist writers of the time, including Anne Sexton, Sylvia Plath and Audre Lorde. She is known as one of Canada's best-known and most-loved writers, having published essays, reviews, criticisms, children's books, plays, scripts and around two dozen collections of poetry. And of course, Margaret Atwood's popular dystopian feminist novel, A Handmaid's Tale, continues in its popularity today recently being adapted to the small screen and bringing a whole new generation of people into a discourse around the important issue of women's rights in our world. Blessed be the fruit. so i want to spend some time here analyzing this powerful poem the narrator of the poem starts off by describing a photograph in particular she describes the blurry nature of the image before immediately and rather gently drawing the reader's attention to different details that make up what seems at first a rather picturesque setting this seemingly calm atmosphere towards the start of the poem however is swiftly changed halfway through the poem when it morphs into an eerily haunted landscape. Narrated by what now becomes clear is the disembodied voice of the drowned, lifeless form, lying submerged just under the surface of the water. Of course, the description of the photograph's features now take on a more symbolic and disturbing meaning to the astute reader. The narrator seems to be pointing out through this revelation about her drowned body, the shortcomings and problems involved in the recording of history. Atwood is essentially asking us to understand how a photo or any description of history for that matter is, by its nature, a distortion. In other words, the photo is an interpretation, a carefully framed version of events. This implies that a photo gives us a narrow view of reality which focuses on certain experiences at the cost of others. It also gives us a view that is ultimately curated and controlled by whoever took the image in the first place. And the person in control is usually the person with the power, someone capable of drowning out the voices of others. After presenting the reader with the vague images at the start, of the poem. The narrator of the poem starts to point out some specific features about this idyllic setting, which slowly begin to take shape in the reader's mind. This vague but pleasant early description of the photograph reflects the ease with which documents can be used by those in power to fabricate an uncomplicated and sanitized version of past events, even though we know that there is pain and suffering just under the surface. In this way, one can almost imagine the photo having been taken by a male, possibly even by the husband of the narrator. And clearly, according to this reading, the male photographer frames the photo to minimise the narrator's presence in the scene. When first introducing the picture, the narrator accentuates its murkiness and lack of clarity using adjectives like blended, blurred and smeared the narrator's ghostly voice goes on to point out one corner of the photograph from which a tree emerges. The branch here could be a symbolic reference to the idea of the family tree. However, the narrator's inability to specify its type, balsam or spruce, suggests a disconnection. Ironically, even though the poem is entitled This is a Photograph of Me, The presence of the narrator in the scene remains uncertain, vague and obscured. She is not solid or whole. Indeed, the narrator doesn't fit comfortably within the narrative on display. Rather, she haunts it. And this is probably once again because the narrative and scene have been framed by the male gaze. After the reference to the branch, the speaker continues to guide the reader through the image delineating a slight incline and a humble house in the foreground, beyond which lie a lake and hills. The speaker uses soft language to describe the scene, such as gentle slope, small frame house, and low hills. As a result, the scene appears quaint and calm. However, given the feminist themes in Atwood's The Circle Game, and Atwood's work more broadly, this house can also be interpreted as a symbol of domestic confinement. The traditional and expected roles of women within society have long been relegated to the domestic sphere, and that was certainly the case in the 1960s when this poem was published. The speaker's specification that the house is small implies the idea of restriction, while the word frame suggests a structure supported by a wooden frame, suggesting rigidity. Furthermore, the house is positioned halfway up what ought to be a gentle slope. The inclusion of the word ought could indicate that the audience should be able to identify the slope within the image, but it also suggests that the slope is not gentle, but steep. Thus, it can be read as signifying an unexpectedly difficult uphill battle. Overall then, the house can be interpreted as a symbol of the arduous, restrictive nature of women's expected roles within society. Welcome back long after the description of the house, we then move into the second half of the poem and the description of the narrator's lifeless body. The speaker's body is not readily apparent, so obscured in fact that even the speaker is unable to say where precisely it is. The speaker's body will eventually emerge only after an extended period of intent observation, indicating that the ugly, Complicated realities of the past are harder to discern than the glossy, oversimplified narratives. The speaker also calls the reflection of light off the lake a distortion, suggesting that the photograph misrepresents the scene that it captures. This distortion makes the speaker unsure of how large or small I am, signalling that the suffering of small or disenfranchised people, like the narrator herself, are easy to write off as somehow insignificant to history. Moreover, what one misses in only listening to the poem and not reading the words on the page are that the second half of the poem is written within parentheses. The parentheses basically surround the revelatory section of the poem in which the speaker is pictured, indicating that this information could easily be left out. As such, the parentheses imply that the speaker's Experience of events is seen as secondary or insignificant. Indeed, the speaker has no input into the photo's composition, twice saying passively that it was taken. Therefore, without this commentary that is punctuated with parentheses as if it is an afterthought, the speaker's perspective is entirely absent. By uncovering multiple truths contained in the photograph, the speaker reveals that historical narratives are often simplified and exclusionary, shaped by whoever is recording them. As a result, the experiences of marginalised people are often erased from prevailing histories. Still, the speaker's form is at the centre of the photograph, just under the surface, suggesting that such obscured stories remain central to understanding the past. Indeed, this poem calls into question the traditional ways we think about history, which too often comes from the perspective of the victors, the wealthy, the powerful and the strong of this world. The poem This is a Photograph of Me amplifies and immortalizes the marginal voices lying just beneath the surface of our fabricated social realities. In particular, Atwood elevates the female perspective so long subsumed under a male-dominated historical gaze. It's time to wrap up this week's episode and say goodbye. Next week we'll be interviewing the poet Aidan Coleman on the program. It should be a great episode, so I encourage you to tune in. For more resources on poetry, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com, or you could subscribe to our podcast or YouTube channel. We'll end by listening one more time to the poem. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.
0: This is a photograph of me, by Margaret Atwood. It was taken some time ago. At first, it seems to be a smeared print, blurred lines and gray flecks blended with the paper. Then, as you scan it, you see in the left-hand corner, a thing that is like a branch, part of a tree, balsam or spruce, emerging, and, to the right, halfway up, what ought to be a gentle slope, a small frame house. In the background, there is a lake, and beyond that, some low hills. The photograph was taken the day after I drowned. I am in the lake, in the center of the picture, just under the surface. It is difficult to say where precisely or to say how large or small I am. The effect of water on light is a distortion. But if you look long enough, eventually you will be able to see me. You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast, presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.